Welcome to the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast. Working in the early years is busy, funny, messy and exhausting. Join me, Shana, some of the Twinkle EYFS team, special guest speakers and other early years practitioners as we talk honestly about our experiences. Whether you're listening for CPD, on your commute or to help you relax, Twinkle EYFS will share everything you need to know about all things early years. Hello lovely listeners, it's Shana here from the Twinkle EYFS team here to bring you another episode of the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast and I'm really excited about today's episode because we're going to be talking about something that's a little bit of a passion of mine. It's to do with language of course, linguistics nerd over here. We're going to be looking at signing and how signing for children with additional needs and all children can benefit from using it. So I've got a wonderful guest speaker who's been on the show before talking about behavior. It's the wonderful speech therapist, Sarah Billingham. But before we have a chat with her, let's have a look at what you guys have been up to in your settings. We haven't had it for a little while and I've missed it. This is only in the EYFS. This week, it's only in the EYFS. We've had reports from Kerri-Anne overhearing a certain Heidi saying to someone, if you don't put that poo in the toilet, it can't go on its journey to the cleaning plant. You're denying your poo a holiday. I mean, that's one way to put it, I guess. In other news, Rachel Foster has to remind her students of the dress code at her setting, screaming, you can't wear your dressing gown for PE. Is she talking to me? Why not? And last but certainly not least... Lois Alicia has been dishing out her fashion advice to children in the roleplay area, saying you have a sausage stuck to your shoes. Well, at least I hope it was in the roleplay area. That's it for this episode. Tune in next time for more antics in only in the EYFS. Okay, great. Let's crack on and have a listen to what Sarah has to say about why signing is a really good tool is a really good tool to use in our earliest settings. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me again. It was really fun to actually chat with you on our last episode before, and I'm so glad that you're here again to talk about signing. So for those of us who haven't maybe listened to the other episode, why don't you reintroduce yourself? Hi, I'm Sarah. I am a specialist speech and language teacher, and my focus is really on supporting early communication. So helping young children to acquire attention skills, listening skills, and of course, language skills so that they can access all of the wonderful things that we're doing in our earlier environments. Wonderful. And when we were talking last time on our other episode about behavior talks, catchy title, took me ages to think of that, by the way. And we were talking about lots of different behavior or all behavior is communication. And it got us thinking, didn't it, about communication as a whole and the vast range that it is. And it's more than just speaking. And then that brought us on to, well, signing. That's another form of communication as well. So the first question would be, for people who don't know, what is signing? So signing is essentially using gestures and handshapes to represent elements of language, whether that's individual words, phrases, little elements of grammar, but we're using our hands to represent and support our language and communication. 
lovely. Thank you. And I think that's really important to talk about just because of like things that, that have been happening recently, like Rose on Strictly Come Dancing, or she she used a lot of sign language and that BSL is now a recognized official language in England, which is amazing. So of course, we're going to have children that might be using it. So in terms of signing is the general term, isn't it, for using gesture to, to communicate. Um, what kind of signing forms are there? Because I know there are different ways of doing it, not just BSL, right? Sure. So British Sign Language is a language in its own right. So it's what's called a sign language. It is its own language. It has its own grammar system, its own way of being used. And it doesn't always accompany spoken language. Mm -hmm. So um, although British Sign Language is used in an environment where English is the predominant language, it is actually a language in its own right. Um, So we have sign languages in other parts of the world. So American Sign Language, I'm from South Africa, South African Sign Language. And those sign languages are not exclusively used, but are predominantly used by those with hearing impairments or who are in the deaf community. And those are languages that have naturally developed over a period of time to meet the needs of individual people. And there is a whole cultural identity wrapped up in those sign languages. Um, And as you say, they should be recognized in their own right as being somebody's primary means of communication, their first language or in kind of old terminology, almost like your mother tongue. Yeah. Um, But we also have signed systems. And signed systems are often developed by speech and language therapists. And they are intended to support those who have other forms of communication difficulty, whether that's speech and language difficulties, learning delays. um, And there are a few different ones that we use here in the UK. Um, Makaton is the most widely used. So that is both a sign and symbol system that works alongside spoken language. So we continue to use our usual spoken language um, and we sign and use symbols alongside that. Um, Sign along is another example of a signed system. Um, There are other ones, for example, Paget Gorman sign system, which I trained in some years ago, um, which is really focuses on semantic links. So types of words and grammatical markers. And it was really intended for speech and language therapists to be able to support individual students who were learning about types of words, how to use sentences in grammatically accurate ways and to support the development of those language skills. So there is a difference in the way that British Sign Language is used versus those sign systems that I've just described. Yeah, I mean, as you were talking about that, I was thinking, I feel like from what I understand, BSL is a lot of finger spelling, which I am terrible at, as in like spelling in general, as well as finger spelling. I watch people do it and they're so quick. It's so cool. I trained in Makaton myself. So I'm a Makaton uh, teacher and that was very much, it's like visual imagery, isn't it, of the words. So if we were going to do a chicken, you'd put your finger and thumb together and, and push them together like a beak, like it was clapping. Yeah, you're, you're doing a little bird at the moment. Yeah. So chicken is that kind of, um, you've got your elbows flapping. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I was thinking of chick, wasn't I? Yes, yeah, yeah. Chick is that one. And then chicken, you do flap your arms. I mean, we're doing it now. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners can't hear it, but we're, we're making real fools of ourselves. You know, I'm going to make some really accurate descriptions of what we're doing so that they are not left out. Because like, this is a show. We, they're getting value you for money like this is great and then when you were talking about the other one uh so sign along or Paget Gorman Paget Gorman that reminded me you know how we have uh spag lessons yeah 
it's like that, but for signing. Yeah, so Padgett Gorman could be used in, in conversation um, and in some learning environments it has been. So there are some speech and language specialist schools where Padgett Gorman would have been used throughout that school environment. But it would often have been used in individual speech and language sessions where you were working on something like pronouns or time concepts, like you know learning the difference between yesterday, today and tomorrow and having a sign to sort of show that specifically or working on tenses, being able to have a visual clue to remind you of the difference between go, going, and went. You know, that those are different yeah. words. You know, some of them are past, present, and future. It's kind of thing. Which is amazing because I don't know why, but until you just said that, it didn't even enter my head that, of course, people who use sign language have to also have grammar lessons. Like, why did that not <laughs> enter my head? Of course they do. Like, oh, yeah, how do they interact in a grammar lesson or a spag lesson? Like, like that. That is really interesting. Thank you. So I think my next question would be then, is it only deaf children that can use sign language or these kind of um, systems? So I think not at all, because what signing essentially does, particularly the sign systems that are used alongside spoken language, uh, Makaton being one of them, is that it supports the natural development of our language skills. Because even if we watch, you know, babies and toddlers as they're developing language, we start with gesture. We start yeah. by reaching for things, pointing to things and gesturing first. Then we use a vocalization, so a sound or a word alongside that gesture. And then as our use of spoken words increases, we don't use as much gesture, but we still actually talk with our hands and give a bit of context and meaning with that. So when we're signing, what we're doing is giving additional support on the gesture side of things, which supports that natural pattern of language development. It gives children something to look at. So they're getting not only the auditory information from what you've said, but they're getting a visual representation of the word. And a lot of signs are designed to look like the thing you're talking about. <laughs> so it's giving you that extra piece of information. So you can hear it and you can see it. Great for capturing the attention of young children as well. So I don't think that signing is just for those who are having communication difficulties. I think it's great for learning new vocabulary because if we're adding visual and kinesthetic elements to our vocab, it helps us to store the word correctly in our lexicon, which is our little filing cabinet of words in our in our minds. We store it in the right place in the right section. We remember it better and we can retrieve it more easily if we have a lot of information about the word at the time that we're learning it. So it's great for that purpose. It's also great because for all of us, not only for children, but we do see this particularly with young children, wherever your language development is at, if you are feeling worked up or you're upset or you're a bit dysregulated, your language skills drop off. Oh, yeah. And so you are more likely to be able to gesture or sign to show somebody what you want or need in those moments of emotional overwhelm than you are to be able to say it. Mm. It's really interesting, actually. You've picked up on loads of points. In terms of, you know, who can use uh, sign language, there's there, there's just so many different groups of individuals that would benefit, wouldn't it? It's like you say, it's not only uh, children from the deaf community, but it could be uh, perhaps non-verbal children. There's nothing wrong with their hearing in, yeah. at all. It's just that they find uh, using their voice a challenge. And so they've got another way to communicate with sign language. Uh, it, it could support perhaps things like uh, children with learning needs. Like again, giving them that other way to process information because it's, sometimes it's not about speaking, is it? It's actually about 
processing the information that's being given to them. So perhaps using gestures, using sign language helps a child understand an instruction, for example. Mm. Or it just could be for children, like you say, in general. I mean, how long does it take to learn a first language? You know, a good first five years of a child's life, whether they've got additional needs or not, it's still learning something completely new. So if we differentiate in our uh, maths activities by giving physical resources, visual resources and stuff like that then of course why would we not do that for our own language you know we would use our voice we would use pictures and symbols and we would use gesture like makaton signing especially in makaton is is not the absence of voice no it's an addition to voice yeah absolutely really important and I think, you know, whenever we're teaching children something like, you know, songs for a little showcase or yes. you know, those sorts of things, we always accompany that with actions. Yes. And we do that for a couple of reasons. The first is because it's just jolly good fun. It's but, cute. <laughs> but secondly, <laughs> because it helps us to remember it. Yeah. And signing works on that same principle. If you are adding a specific action or gesture when you're saying that word, it helps the child to understand it. It helps them to remember it. And they're more likely to then be able to use it themselves. This is it. Like, I'm thinking of all the things I forget if someone tells me to do something. But can I remember the dance from The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan when they do the slam, you know, and they slap their hands and they swap play? Do I remember every step? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Do I know what I had for breakfast yesterday? No, I don't. No, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> but it's that act of engaging different parts of your body, isn't it? And there is something to be said about muscle memory, I think, mm. as well. And that really it's just connecting different neuro pathways if that's the correct term, it's probably not. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a study that shows that link between gesture and spoken language, that the gesture will trigger that word. So for children who have word finding difficulties, um, so that moment where you've got that word on the tip of your tongue and you you can't quite remember what the word is, you've learned the word, but you just can't quite find it in that moment. Actually, if you do the gesture, that can trigger the spoken word in your memory. So you're right, those neural pathways are connected. I'm not even going to lie. I have I have a genuine experience of this, right? So I might be the only one, but I will... You know when you lose something in the house, right? Uh, say I've lost a pair of scissors because I've got like a sewing machine and I like to make things with fabric. I've lost my scissors, right? To help me find them, do you know what I do? I mime scissors. <laughs> I, do, I use my fingers. I use two fingers and I push them up and down like I've got scissors. And you know what's really weird? I now I then remember where they are. Yeah. I didn't I didn't sometimes sometimes people go around saying the word, don't they? And they're like, oh, you know, scissors, scissors, scissors. For me, I've got to or if I'm um missing um what what would that even be? I do that. What is it for? Stapler, hole punch. Yes, it's either a stapler or a hole punch. If I'm missing it, I go round clapping my hands together like <laughs> and then all of a sudden it comes to me and I know where it is. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one there, but this is proof that, you know, gesture is helpful for everybody, I think. Yeah, and gesture's actually quite universal. So, you know, if you're in a busy environment, uh, like the pub, the, you know, that gesture for can you get me a drink yeah. is absolutely universal. Or like, you know, oh, do you want a drink? Or, you yeah. know, nobody doesn't know what that means when somebody <laughs> looks at you and does that kind of knocking a drink back gesture. You know, right? there are things that are very universal about gesture. There's a lot of, there's a lot of value in the nonverbal communication, not just the signs and the gestures themselves but the eye contact the facial expression that goes with it the body movement that goes with it you're you're capturing a whole image that carries so much more meaning than just that one word drink 
right? And as you said that, you know what came in my head? It's a very British thing, I think, that we all do. When they, when you're at a restaurant and you're done and you don't want to, you're like, oh, can I get the, can I get the, can I get the, and you make that stupid noise and then you put your hand up and you have your other finger pretending like you're writing a bill to say, can I have the bill, please? It's a very British, can I have the, and you just mime it. Like, yeah. for some reason, it works. It works, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, in ter- we've obviously seen loads of benefits in terms of uh, using sign signing and sign language for communication needs. But what other what other benefits are there to using signing? So, of course, if we're supporting somebody's communication, that will open up other opportunities. So, if we are able to communicate with somebody, that helps with things like being able to build relationships with other people. Um, communication obviously allows somebody to advocate for themselves, to ask for the things that they need. Those sorts of things are important. And as I mentioned, that ability to kind of remember and store vocabulary is an important element of it. But also, as our children are sort of moving through their early years and you know into the sort of primary school phases. Signing is also useful for things like that transition into reading and writing. You know, thinking about, okay, I'm learning some new words. I'm going to need to remember to look out for in my book. And having a gesture or a sign that goes with that will help with that process as well. You know, so so there are some phonics programs which will have specific gestures that go along with the phonics sounds. The same thing is true of sort of reading other words um, and us being able to kind of cue children into that. So there are some literacy benefits as well as um, Um, some language benefits. Yeah. And like you were saying, in terms of just thinking about the holistic side of things, just being an inclusive environment and making sure that, like you say, everyone has an opportunity to be heard and have a voice. It builds that confidence in themselves. It builds independence because they'll still be able to access, you know, things that other children can. But also from the flip side, in terms of benefits of people who not necessarily need to use signing, but do anyway. Like that's just being an inclusive and diverse community and teaching children about that, yes, other people are different and that's great. And look what we can learn from other people by just, you know, expanding our horizons and learning some signs, you know, a couple of times a week so that we make sure that everybody can be involved. Absolutely. I think, as I said, it's, it's something that opens up other opportunities but also it teaches children about adapting communication. Mm. Um, So we think... In older children, um, we will talk about, you know, the way you speak to the head teacher when you're explaining what happened on the playground might look quite different to the way you're explaining it to a friend. And we adapt the communication that we use in those situations. But also it's teaching children from a young age that we are adapting our communication to make sure that we're supporting our communication partner, the person that we're trying to engage with. So if a child is speaking with a younger sibling, for example, they might need to use shorter sentences and simpler language. And the same might be true if they're wanting to have an interaction with a friend who's struggling with their language development. They might need to be adapting that. And I think that that's a really important life skill. So 10% of people will have a long-term and persistent difficulty with communication. So if we're even just thinking about preparing our children for adult life, you know, if I'm being really ambitious for my daughters and I'm like, right, they're going to be doctors when they're grown up. Actually, 
coming into their surgeries and you know into their doctor's appointments are going to be people who need support with their communication and they you know as a professional in that context will need to adapt their communication to support the individual needs of that person or if they're working in a shop they're going to need to adapt their communication to meet the needs of the customers who are coming into the shop and I think learning from an early age not just how to communicate to support yourself but also thinking about how you change your communication for different audiences Mm. is also an important element yeah so many good points and actually on that point about young children we're going to go like really young now to babies Mm. so baby signing is i you've watched uh meet the meet the fuckers right baby signing don't tell me you've not watched it okay i haven't actually seen the whole movie but i've seen that section of the movie exactly right so and that's really funny to me and that was my first experience of baby signing and of course now it's really popular so what Mm. what is it and what makes it different from other signing systems so baby signing as a, a sort of description actually is a bit of a catch-all. So there will be different baby signing groups or books or videos that will use different sign systems. So some baby signing lessons or baby signing classes will use British Sign Language. Some will use Makaton. Some will use you know other gestures. So if you are signing up for that sort of thing, make sure you check which one you're using because something that's very confusing is if you're teaching a child 10 signs from one sign system and then another 10 signs from another sign system system and you're muddling those together that's actually quite confusing so make sure you're sort of clear on which sign system you're teaching yeah but the idea of baby signing is essentially to support the communication of very young children and there are some people who will start signing with their babies almost from birth and introducing some key signs for things like milk sleep those sorts of things and the idea is to really support that early communication. And part of the reason that baby signing is effective is not only because of, because we're teaching the children the signs themselves, but it's actually because when we are signing, we become the very best communication partners. We give our children amazing eye contact and facial expression. We really watch and wait for their response and engage with that. When we sign, we automatically slow down our talking. And so that allows babies and young children uh, to have more of an opportunity to understand and process what we're saying. So one of the interesting things about baby signing is that the benefits are actually around all of those elements of communication and not just the signs themselves, because using signing in those early interactions encourages all of those things. Wow, that's really cool. I love that because I've got a couple of friends who have recently had babies and, you know, some of them are starting to do baby signing as well. And it's it's just amazing watching their baby face watch their mum or dad like do the signs and their eyes are like what are you doing but they are so focused on it and it's it's really lovely to see so and then when you start to see the baby using it and you're like oh my god they're so clever (laughs) oh my gosh they're so well done (laughs) it's great so whether you are maybe a parent of an early years child you are or you're an educator what would be the first step to actually using signing in your settings or your home So I think one of the first steps is to think about which is the sign language or sign system that's the most appropriate for the context that you're in. Yeah. So if you have a child that you 
no has hearing impairment, whether that's your own child as a parent or whether you have a child in your setting who has hearing impairment, then it's worth considering whether British Sign Language is the most appropriate option in that in that instance. And, you know, speaking with people from, you know, the Deaf Society and so on to, to make sure you're getting that sign system right, I think is really important. But if we're teaching signing more generally as a, as a communication support, then the sign systems like Makaton and Sign Along are more appropriate because they're used alongside spoken language um, and they're two-handed signs. They're often easier to pick up. There isn't that um, same reliance on fingerspelling. So the first thing is thinking about which sign system you're picking. Then it's nice to have a look at some resources that are out there to get a bit of a flavor for how that signing can look. So I'm a Makaton tutor. So in that sense, Makaton's going to be my go-to. I really love it. And you know, I can really see the benefits of that. And we see Makaton out in the wider world in things like Something Special, the BBC series, um, with our friends Justin and Mr. Tumble, where they are using Makaton signing throughout those episodes. I think that's a nice way to start to kind of see how signing can be used. Singing hands are brilliant. Um, so that's Tracy and Suzanne who run Singing Hands. They do um, songs that are signed. Um, and what I really love, they are, they are both parents of children. Their children are now adults, actually. <laughs> they are parents um, of young adults um, who have communication difficulties of their own. And when they started to do Singing Hands, their focus was on things like nursery rhymes. So there was a lot of songs for young children. But as their children have grown and you know gone through adolescence and moving into adulthood, they've started to really expand the repertoire of songs that they're signing so that there's loads of great pop songs and things like that. So you've got kind of songs for all ages, which is fabulous. And what's great about Tracy and Suzanne is they are both Makaton tutors. So we know that the quality of the signing and their interpretation of which signs should be used in those songs have been very carefully thought about. Um, they are now ambassadors for the charity as well, which is just fabulous. But my point is, I know that those are reliable videos for me to go and have a look at because there are also going to be lots of videos shared on the internet by people who are signing enthusiasts who, you know, the videos are great and, you know, I love to see them, but they're not necessarily ones that I want to copy to learn. I want to make sure that I'm going back to those reliable sources. Yeah. yeah. So I would probably start by exploring some of those resources. And if I think, yeah, I'm really enjoying this, my child is really enjoying this, the setting's really interested in this, then I would look towards formal training. So, you know, can we engage in a parents group that's learning to use signing? Um, you know, if you're in a setting, can we get somebody in that can teach us some signing formally? Um, but yeah, I would, st I would start informally, see if we like it, and then I would go for something more formal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really exciting to look at all of these things that are already out there. Mr. Tumble is just like, you know, a celebrity in the early years world, isn't he? And then, you know, <laughs> he is, the yeah. signs are all amazing. And then recently in the Super Bowl, like even for older children or adults, in the Super Bowl, when Rihanna did her halftime show, the most famous story was her BSL interpreter because she was getting down. She was signing, and but she was properly into it. So I think it's also breaking that stigma, isn't it, of, you know, it's harder to express yourself that it is not because if you go back and watch the interpreter for Rih uh, Rihanna's halftime show she is emote she is great like I love watching Absolutely. that yeah. yeah so you know if you've got social media and things go and have a look at them go and see I know like you say get the accredited uh, and get it formally of course but look at how other people are using it as well because I remember when I was first learning about Makaton and signing and things like that President Obama had just come into office and there was no sign for Obama before because, mm. you know, people didn't really need to know who he was. And then all of a sudden, we've got a president called Obama. And I watched this documentary about how a group in America who were using ASL made 
just made up their own sign for him so that they could communicate about what's going on. So I think it's also really important to keep on top of like, you know, what's going on in the world because new words are going to be added all the time, which is like super exciting as well. It is. And, you know, that same thing happens in the English language. You know, every yeah. year new things are added to the Oxford Dictionary. Exactly the same thing happens with signing, that new signs are developed to capture, you know, phrases that are new in culture, to capture slang, but also to capture, you know, recent events. So it is an ever evolving, you know, language as any other language would be. It's so exciting, isn't it? I love it. I love it. And if we're going to be doing it in our homes or in our settings, what, what kind of activities would it look like? What would you expect? to see if we're learning about signing in at home or in our settings? I think that's a really brilliant question. And I think that there are absolutely specific activities that you can do, particularly if you're in a setting. But my first tip is think about what are the things your child is most interested in and is most likely to want to ask for. And I would start with those five or 10 things that your child is most interested in and embedding those signs into your everyday communications about those things, whether it's, you know, that they regularly ask for something to eat or something to drink. Or um, I always joke when I deliver courses about, you know, if we were doing signing for George Pig from Peppa Pig, the sign dinosaur is going to be in your top 10. You know, <laughs> no yeah. is that we're going to teach him to sign if dinosaurs <laughs> not in the top 10. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you're really focusing on what is your child interested in because I, I might be interested in all sorts of other things and focus on those words but actually what's most meaningful for the children are the things that are important in their lives so it's starting with those five or ten things that they're most interested in and introducing that sign every time you say that word and just whenever you're talking about those things signing that sign alongside it and just embedding it into your daily conversations so you're not looking to find extra time or prepare resources or anything like that. It's just about tagging that into those daily communications. If you're in a setting, that needs a little bit more planning because what you want is some cohesion between what different staff are doing. And that's where introducing things like having a sign of the week can be really useful. That's what I did, yeah. Again, you want those signs to be things that are really functional and useful for the kids though. So um, there's always the risk that we land up in the 18 to 24 month group introducing the sign for grow. Well, actually, let's get the basics before we... Yeah, yeah. We're doing grow because it's spring and I can see the curriculum link there and why people would choose that. But actually, let's make sure we're getting our ability to ask for the things that we need first. So what are the things that kids are most interested in? What are they most likely to need to say? And introduce those as your sign of the week. You know, share that with everyone, all of the, the team members so that the staff are all using it to model for the kids. Share it with the parents and carers so that the children are seeing it in the home environment and in the, in the setting. And that's where you're going to get that traction going. Yeah, definitely. It's bringing back memories, actually, of when I was um, a reception teacher and we did the sign of the week as well. And I'd always start with things like, hello, snack time was a, ba- was a big one, signing different foods. And again, it's those basic needs. It's like toilet, help, yeah. sad, because a lot of children, especially in my nursery classes, if if there was a problem or you know someone had made them upset or they weren't happy, they would verbally shut down. And it would be too difficult to tell me what was wrong. So then I would use signing so that they could sign sad, angry, you know, something, something has obviously happened and they'd have a different way of telling me. And the way I would deliver them, like you say, they don't have to be like specific lessons. We would just have like a circle time at snack time and be like, oh, look, there's a sign of the week. Oh, Apple, we've all got apples. We sign Apple as we ask for an apple, you know, and, and things like that. And they really enjoyed it. And we would put it on the website as well so that parents could do it at home. And 
Twinkle um, on the website, they've got loads of BSL resources and they've got loads of signing resources. I remember we did for one of the Christmas carols in, it was either, it was probably both actually, nursery and reception. We learned a BSL Christmas song. Oh yeah. And that was so lovely. And the kids enjoyed, you know, doing the actions for present. They'll always remember present because, you know, they love gifts, don't they? So they'll be signing that for the rest of their lives, which is hilarious. And yeah, we I, I think we did um, at least one song each in BSL for a Christmas concert, which was really sweet. So we loved that. Yeah, I, I also love a video dictionary. So the uh, the Mackerton Charity have their own one as part of the Mackerton Hub where you can look up signs and you'll, you'll find a video of one of the senior tutors signing the sign. But there's also a, a kind of freely available British Sign Language video dictionary. Oh. If you just Google BSL video dictionary, it comes up. And then you can type in any word. And if there is a video of somebody modelling that, then you can see what it looks like. And I, I absolutely love it. That's brilliant. Like Especially because there's so much to learn. It's, it's like learning a new language isn't it you're not going to be able to pick it up straight away and you are you know going to forget things because we're human but you know just google that you got someone actually physically showing you how to do it as well brilliant i I follow makaton on uh, instagram and things like that and they do a sign of the week as well and they do videos and they're really good aren't they they keep me up to date which is great um well we've learned so much thank you i thought it'd be nice now to end a little game about signing sure don't know how this is going to go because obviously it's an audio podcast not a visual but again like i said i'm gonna describe what we can do it's fine so we are both makaton trained i thought it would be fun to talk about some particular signs that we either love slash hate or other so are you ready I am ready. Okay, so first one, perhaps maybe a nice easy one. What is your favourite sign? So my favourite signs are the ones where you feel a little bit silly while you're doing it. Always. So those are my favourites. And probably of those, my favourite is monkey, which is essentially, you know, you've got your arms up, kind of scooped at the shoulder, and you're making those monkey actions that yeah. you imagine you would see in a cartoon. I absolutely love those sorts of slightly silly signs, but that absolutely capture what you're talking about. The same with things like chicken. Yeah. I really like hippo, which is, it's like a hippo's mouth opening, but it's one fist on top of the other. It's your kind of little hippo mouth. It's a bit like um, Granny Shark in the Baby Shark song. Yes! Oh, you're so right! looks like Grandma Shark. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's another one of my favourites. But yeah, anything that's slightly silly, I'm really keen on. Me too. (laughs) See, I was going to say the same thing. My favourite signs are the animal signs. And especially like, the way I would teach the animal signs is we'd we'd sing Old MacDonald. So then we'd sign for each that. But my favourite one is milk, because you are literally milking an invisible cow. And it's just really funny, like squeezing the udders that are not there. It just gets all the kids giggling, doesn't it? And, you know, come on, milk the cow. And it's just, it's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. And because signing's so literal, that's part of the sort of humour of it, is you land up in this situation where you're doing something silly in what should be a kind of deadpan situation. Yeah, it's great. It's like, you want some milk? Go on then, squeeze squeeze the milk. That's the sign for milk. Do it. It's, it's great. It's great. Okay, so slightly linked to that, what do you think the funniest sign is? So the sign that I find the funniest is because 
I'm often teaching adults who are supporting children, so parents and, and early years practitioners and people who work in schools and hospitals and things like that to sign. And the one I find funniest when I'm delivering my workshops is the sign for ice cream. And the sign for ice cream is that you imagine you're holding an ice cream cone and you say ice cream, but then you do a licking action twice. It's so hard. <laughs> and everybody sort of pauses and tries to figure out when to do the licking. Yes. Do I lick first and then I say ice cream? Do I do I try and say ice cream yes. while licking which just kind of goes like ice cream like it, it doesn't oh sort of work God. and then like am I trying to lick after I've said ice cream um or people will do the licks and not say the word like it just yes. it, it just creates its own like little comedy moments I guess so that for me is the funniest because I'm what you know I'm in a room where I'm trying to teach 10 people and they're all doing something different <laughs> oh it's and it's the kids as well because they're trying to say the word but even though it's not there they really want to lick the ice cream so they get yeah, yeah. and there's also that sort of it's head so bump, funny. you know you only need to lick but some people will sort of put the whole head action into the licking <laughs> and yeah I just you know it's so um, great. something about I that, that I find quite funny see I get it. mine's food related as well I don't know why I find the food ones really funny but I find salad funny yeah I think salad's funny too because uh, so the the sign for salad is is kind of you've got two kind of spread hands and you're sort of like tossing a salad it's, yeah who does that who does that do you toss your salad that way Sarah with your hands in I don't I don't <laughs> And then you see the kids in the role play area forgetting the spoons, get rid of the spoons, and they've got all the pretend salad, and they just chuck it, and it just goes yeah, everywhere. Yeah. It's so funny. My final one, I am quite passionate about this one. We say, especially in Macton, there are loads of signs that, again, are quite visually, they link to whatever you're talking about. There are some signs that don't. So what is a sign for you that just doesn't make sense? There's a few signs that on the surface of them don't make any sense. So you think like, why would I be doing that? Yeah. And um, one of them for me is the sign for school. So you know, I've been signing for a long time, you know, certainly more than 15 years. And I've been teaching for about 10 years. And, you know, all of this time I've been teaching the sign for school and just thinking, what is that all about? So at school, you've essentially got like a flat palm with your fingers together in front of your face. And you make like a little circle over your mouth with your kind of whole hand. And I just like, I've never been able to sort of understand how that represents the school. Yeah. And another tutor explained to me recently, oh, it's, it's from BS, you know, it's linked back to BSL and it's this idea of you're stifling a yawn because <gasps> school is boring oh the shame Obviously, I know controversial controversial <laughs> um, but then you think actually I can see that that makes sense now that you've explained it but when I just look at the sign that isn't visually saying school to me no it's really not and how dare they insinuate that school is boring. <laughs> not in my classroom I'll tell you that Another example of that is the is the sign for biscuits, which is actually quite awkward to sign, particularly if you have some motor difficulties. So your non-dominant hand kind of lays on your chest and then you have a claw sort of shape with your other hand that taps just above your elbow. Um, I haven't described that very well at all. Do look up the sign for biscuit if you haven't if you haven't seen it before. <laughs> and people think like, what on earth has that got to do with the biscuits? And the the kind of provenance of the sign, the history of the sign is that it dates back to when sailors were going out on ships and they were essentially tapping the weevils out of their biscuits before they ate them. So it was kind of representing that tapping motion of, you know, let's get the biscuits in order before we eat them. Which, you know, I hope that you're not having to do when you get a biscuit out of the biscuit. <laughs> well, you never know. It is early years. A kid might have been in there and sneakily, you know, you never know what's in there. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a few signs like that where you think, why is that the sign for that? Um, 
and also I really enjoy the backstories you know when you do find art and you hear those little backstories they're quite good fun yeah that was really fun like for me biscuit was my bugbear I was like why am I why am I tapping my elbow it just it doesn't make any what's that got to I don't eat a biscuit from my elbow but that that story is a pretty cool story actually I like that and uh, hopefully now that I know the backstory I'll remember it more (laughs) And, and what'll be even more interesting is somebody will listen to this and go no, that is that is an absolute version of a story getting changed over generations. And that's not what it's about at all. And if that is the case, tell us. You know, I'd love to hear if someone's like, no, you're not stifling a yawn. It's something that's got nothing to do with that. I would love to hear that as well, you know, because Me I do too. think there's a kind of almost like a, a folklore and a, yeah. you know, where the signs come from. Um, so, yeah, if there's anybody who's like, no, Sarah, you've absolutely lost the plot there. Do tell us. <laughs> That is such a good idea. I'm going to put a post on Facebook and Instagram now and be like, right, tell us your weird signs and where, where, do you, where does it come from? I want to hear these backstories. These are great. I love it. Sarah, thank you so much for joining. It's been really good fun. I've learned a lot and I've had a laugh, which is, you know... <laughs> What, what more can you ask for? It's been great. A bit of action, a bit of signing. Absolutely. I feel like we should all go now and find a brilliant Singing Hands YouTube video to have a little oh. and a little sign to just to cheer up the day. Right. I feel like I need to go learn a song now just to like boogie down in sign language. It'll be great fun. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. It's been great as always. Thank you for having me. You have a great day and we'll see you soon. Bye. Well, there we go wasn't that great at the end I definitely want whoever is interested to write in or maybe record a video on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook of your weird signs that just do not make sense I think I thought of another one as well but it does kind of make sense it does make me laugh though the, the sign for sausage is holding a frying pan and wiggling it about because you know you fry sausages in a pan don't you there's no other way to do it <laughs> But that is it for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. It's been lots of fun. And tell us about your experiences of using sign language or sign systems in your settings. And what impact have you seen on your children? Get in touch in the usual places. You know how to do that by now, I hope. And until the next time, I hope you have a great day. Bye. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you would like to join in or would like to know more, then come and find us on our social media sites. We have a Facebook page, Facebook groups, an Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. All the links of where to find us will be in our podcast description. Come and join the conversation. And whatever you're doing today, I hope you have a great day.